Well, hello and welcome to Move the Line, presented by 444.com. I am Ryan Noonan. Joining me as always, fellow 444.com writer, who is absolutely killing it this year, uh, prop machine, Connor Allen. What's going on, brother? Thank you. That's, that's quite the intro. Um, not much, man. Just, you know, surviving, hanging in there. Um, barely surviving. Yeah, barely. Uh, you know, I, t- I told you pre-show it was uh, Uber Eats McDonald's type of morning, you know, and that... <laughs> That's not a good morning. That's not where you want to be headed into a, a Friday. So, but you know, I'm here. We, I, we got everything prepped and I'll probably hit, hit up some more props. I think they're coming out pretty soon. So that's always good. Yeah. Slow release of props. You know, I was a little worried about doing the show kind of in this window is this is typically the Friday prop drop window where like the books start to just slowly sprinkle stuff out. And it seems like they're, they've been on the bubbly. Uh, from last night too. So they're a little slow in releasing things so far today, but uh, yeah, we, we push this back as basically as long as we can. And I feel like we still don't know all we need to know to make decisions in week 17, but we're going to do our best to try to unpack these games. This wild, everything's jammed into, you know, one Sunday afternoon, you know, no Thursday games, no Monday night games. And now we have this year where we have, Seventeen or seven playoff teams in each conference. Uh, just everything's kind of still up for grabs and trying to understand motivation and and reading the tea leaves of who's going to bench guys and massive line movement that's happened already that will continue to, to probably happen. We're going to have a ten win AFC team that's going to miss the playoffs, and we're going to have a under five hundred team that's going to be hosting a playoff game in the NFC. So just uh, very. Uh, 2020 of uh of the nfl so but also like really cool at the end of the day like we are at week 17 you and i will continue to do this through the playoffs through the super bowl which i'm looking forward to i know that we will be grinding super bowl props in a, in a major major way but like oh, yeah. we made we made it to week 17 without any not without any hiccups but like we didn't have to cancel any games we definitely didn't think i didn't think that that was going to happen so there's no week 18 either. I mean, that was a big thing and it was yeah. widely talked about and never happened. I, I thought it for sure was going to happen, even like in that week four or five, uh, um, you know, bit there and it was going to happen. Uh. Yeah, I, I I don't know how we did it. I mean, it was thanks for COVID for taking Sundays off. You know, there were no no Sunday COVID positives, which is a, a cool thing. Um, wild how that happens, you know, basically it would disappear and come back on Mondays. You know, you'd have all these uh, these other guys. Uh, poor Noah. Yeah. Noah Rudell, a friend of the show, he took Uncle Kanish's picks and needs help to feed his family. I mean, we better just get going here because this is uh, this is a deep situation. Uncle K is like, I think, you know, at least 50 to 100 grand in debt for just from his Steelers picks alone. Oh, <laughs> I can't imagine Noah tailing anybody. Like legitimately <laughs> one of the sharpest people that I know who just hammers – every sport uh like a machine and just is a, is a print factory uh my boy stop tailing uncle k um you know unfortunately those those uh matt stafford mvp tickets are not gonna come home <laughs> to roost uh did not work so well but uh yeah let's try to do our best to tackle this week tell you briefly about our friends over at underdog fantasy if you haven't checked out underdog I don't know what you're waiting for. You're going to want to get into the best ball streets here in the offseason. When football goes away, it's a very sad thing. But you can start drafting basically right after the Super Bowl ends and draft till your heart's content 
you know, up until season kicks off drafting best ball teams, they offer NBA products. Um, their battle Royale game is awesome where it basically is like a snake draft allows you to basically combine leagues and pool the prizes together to win big stuff instead of having to just compete against the other 12 guys or 11 guys you're drafting against. So definitely check out underdog when you sign up, um, just enter four for four in the section after you do that, let them know you made their first deposit and you're coming from us. Definitely check that out. So, all right, we'll start with a game that I think doesn't matter. Minnesota on the road against Detroit. Uh, Minnesota is six and a half point favorites here on the road. Uh, pretty healthy total. These teams combined to give up 99 points last week. So uh, 53 and a half is the total. No Dalvin Cook here. Uh, we don't know about Matthew Stafford's status. Kenny Galladay is, dude was like questionable around Thanksgiving. And then uh, also decided to feed his family. He's just taking a couple months off. He's done for the year. Um, again, no motivation for either team. They're both done. But uh, I mean, both really were done last week. You know, really bad defensive effort from either side. Any interest in this spot or anything here? Not really, to be honest. I think it is worth noting, though, uh, if you shop the lines, there's some sevens out there. There's some six and a half. So if you like either side, I mean, you can get around a key number, which is pretty big. Um, I mean, Stafford was a practice. He'll probably play here, it seems like. So, But again, like you said, no motivation really from either side. Both defenses are terrible. Detroit is actually dead last in defensive EPA since uh, week nine. So I don't know. And I mean, Minnesota is dead last in rushing EPA as well. Maybe you know, we could get on some, some like rushing props, I guess, for <laughs> Detroit. But I don't know. It just all kind of feels gross here, to be honest. It does. It feels gross. Yeah, Minnesota has been – they've both been really bad against the run. We don't really know what's going to happen with Minnesota's – running back position with, you know, Madison, you know, with he's dealt with, I believe, at appendectomy a couple of weeks ago. And then it's been a little bit more Abdullah than Boone of late. So I guess we still have to parse that out this week. I'm sure when books start to drop props, that won't be there per se, but maybe as the weekend gets closer, we'll have a better feel for how that shakes out. I, I can get behind some Swift numbers, but uh, we're still seeing more Adrian Peterson than I would want to see. But mm-hmm. There is some narrative around uh, Justin Jefferson reaching a rookie milestone from a receiving yard standpoint. I think he only needs like 70 yards or something like that. So it's not like this massive, massive thresholds. I'm sure he'll be a factor in this game anyway. I can't see a reason why Minnesota is going to start to you know, limit Thielen and Jefferson in the spot. So I can imagine a, a pretty full workload for him, and that could be something that's worthwhile depending on where the number probably comes out in the mid-70s anyway. Yeah, no, I think that's a good call. Um, I, I always wonder, like, if these guys know these things sometimes. Uh, I feel like a lot of times they do. And obviously, if they have a bonus tied to it, they definitely do. Yeah. Um, but, like, some of the records, I think, are a little bit tough. That it, Unless they have someone telling them, I don't think they'll know, like, themselves. So, But maybe maybe they do. I don't know. I just think it's case by case. Like, he probably knows this one. I mean, this is a pretty big deal. Yeah. No, it's a good point, though. We probably are grinding it, you know, we're just – more than they are at times. Like they're just trying to play out the string, celebrate the holidays, New Year's with their family, and then just go play the last football game of the year. Not thinking about these arbitrary things. But yeah, you're right. If there's a bonus tied to it, that matters a lot more. Uh, This game matters. Dallas at New York Giants. Dallas, one and a half point favorites here on the road. Uh, 44 and a half is the total. Uh, The winner of this game is the NFC East champ if Washington loses to Philly on Sunday nights, which is just insane. Cowboys have won three in a row. Giants have lost three in a row. Giants have lost three in a row in a big way, I think by an average of like 16 points. They've been 
just destroyed of late and uh, are five and 10 and are sniffing the four seed and hosting a playoff game. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts here? This is interesting, you know, having a little bit of recency bias, obviously with, with Dallas's, you know, big wins of late being one and a half point favorites here on the road. Yeah. So for this one specifically, I don't have too much to take on the game. Um, I think it is worth noting, though, uh, Daniel Jones was uh, pretty forthcoming in, in his status, health status. He said, I'm not healthy if you turn on the tape. Uh, like, I'm not the same rushing threat. Um, and that, that checks out. I mean, a zero and three rushing yards the past two games that he's played in. Uh, he doesn't quite look the same just in general, to be honest. And it, it makes sense. So I think that if those props come out, you know, they'll probably come out a little bit too high. Like, I mean, he's probably going to run the ball maybe once. Uh, and, and I think that that's a good spot to potentially take an under there for that. Um, I don't know. It's kind of. I think this could be an ugly game here. I, I, again, I really don't have too much on on either side here or the total. Um, I would probably probably lean towards the Giants just because of how how good their defense has been for the large majority of the season. But again, like this, this is just a gross team. It's not a team that I want feel confident about betting on. So, yeah, I probably lean Dallas. I mean, at the end of the day, like Dallas in the playoffs here is a little bit. It's just the most fun team out of all these teams. Like, right? They were at least a little bit competent. We all thought that they were still going to be the division champ originally when Dak went down. It still seemed like they had the best setup for success. The defense has been awful. The offensive line has has dealt with injuries and has been a massive disappointment. They've done a little bit to get some of the wide receivers going a little bit of late, but like, I don't think we can expect what we saw against Philly. Philly plays a lot of really single high man D and doesn't play very well. I think you're going to see a lot more zone stuff with, with, uh, with the giants. It's typically how they do it. you know, keep a lot of it in front of them. So that's why I think we see a total that's a little low. I just worry about the Daniel Jones stuff. Like he highlighted, I just think he is not a hundred percent healthy. They're going to be without golden Tate in this one. You know, maybe we could be looking at some Sterling Shepard reception props. You know, there's, he had, 12 or 13 targets last week could be set up for another spot where he has a pretty good day working, you know, underneath against Dallas. But um, I, I would lean Dallas, but I haven't taken anything here. I get interested a little bit on this Dallas team total at 23. I think if, if they are the winner here, I think that, you know, being under the key number a little bit is, is a little enticing. Not, uh, not super exciting though. All right. Next Pittsburgh on the road against the Browns. Browns are nine and a half point favorites here uh 42 is the total there you can shop this one too is anywhere from eight and a half there's some tens out there still as of 10 15 minutes ago uh, 42 is the total 42 and a half over on FanDuel. browns make the playoffs with a win in this game uh they can also clinch a wild card spot with a loss by the colts or uh titans loss and wins by the ravens colts and dolphins so um Steelers technically could lock up the two seed or, you know, could win the two seed. They would need also to have the bills lose. But again, with the new playoff formats, there is no second round or no first round by with the two seed. Again, I would think that these teams would be a little bit more incentivized to want to host a playoff game. Although again, with no fans and home field advantage overall mitigated a little bit right now, but uh, seems that obviously, Pittsburgh willing to throw in the towel a little bit. They've already named Mason Rudolph the starter here. More than likely, they're going to rest as many other starters as possible at this point. And I guess roll over and let Cleveland into the playoffs here. Uh, Cleveland getting a little healthier. Obviously, they're getting most of their wide receiver room back this week. 
Also, Jared, uh, Jedrick Wills and Wyatt Teller back from injuries as well. Uh, shout out to Elliot, Chris, and, and Wyatt Teller and giving him Wyatt Teller mention here. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, I mean, Elliot loves that guy. Uh, so yeah, it's every uh, episode. Uh, yeah, he he loves Wyatt Teller. He loves him. Um, um, so for the, for this game, I, I took some Cleveland minus seven as soon as the news dropped. Um, you know, I, I was luckily lucky to be able to move quick there. I'd probably still lean them on against the spread here uh, with Mason Rudolph as the starting quarterback for Pittsburgh. So um, big, the biggest thing for me is that so the last since week nine, Pittsburgh's run D is just 19th against uh, the run and EPA. Uh, and then obviously, you know, Cleveland wants to run the ball. You said, as you mentioned, uh, they're getting some key offensive linemen back. I think that there's a lot of key pieces moving towards Cleveland here and, and the motivation factor as well. Uh, I know that uh, generally motivation, like betting against motivation, has been um, profitable uh, in these Week 17 things. But I think with just kind of all the circumstances in the matchup as well and uh, how bad Mason Rudolph is, uh, I, I think Cleveland wins by a lot here. So I'm interested in them still probably under 10. Um, I don't know if you saw too. They named uh, Miles Garrett the captain for this week, uh, um, and that I don't know what, what did Stefanski said. He's like, I want the big guy out there, or something like that, or like you know, up there to. I mean, just I mean, Rudolph's just gonna like cave, right? He's just gonna just fold, crumble at midfield. It is a very interesting little subplot here for sure. Uh, you know, man of the year uh, against the uh, duty drilled in the head with his his helmets a couple uh, you know a few months back, so. We have a breaking one. I don't care that we're not on the game. Apparently, we have Alvin Kamara with a positive COVID test, Connor, that we need to hit some Latavius oh, Murray. Um, hop, hop in the band. Right. Um, sorry, folks. Yeah. You get live. This is, you know, prop stuff. Stuff's coming in live. We're going to hit some uh, some Alvin Kamara or some uh, Latavius Murray anytime touchdown stuff right now before it moves if we can. Hopefully, we're not uh, we're not missing. Seeing the, the mark. looks like I didn't see it. Obviously, we're doing the show. So is Kamara's tested positive for COVID or was a COVID close contact? That's interesting. Obviously, they need that game uh, this week, too. It's one of our last ones to get to. But uh, sorry, not a very interesting podcast here. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't really find much. I don't know. Did you get an anytime touchdown here on, on DK or anything? I'm looking. Uh, it's, you're saying it's down? Um, I guess you could do any time touchdown score, but I don't really see, I don't even see the game. So, all right, well, I think we can get back to it. I, I can't get anything here. Daigle shout out to, you know, John Daigle for giving us the tip there, but we were just mid pod. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't see it. Crap. All right. Well, it's, it's, it's all right. Sorry, folks. We're trying. If you can find <laughs> it while you're out there, uh, try to find yourself some, uh, Latavius Murray anytime touchdown. If, uh, if he is indeed out. So, I'm with you. I, I guess I don't. I'm a little confused. I guess you know Pittsburgh has had a wonky schedule, so like they do probably need the buy. They probably do need a little bit of time to get healthy here. They've been sputtering a little bit, dealing with some obvious injuries, especially defensively. So you know, but for Cleveland to just you know to lay down, I guess, and let a team in, I don't know. It's, it's curious to me, but obviously that's what's happening. This one was uh, basically. I think it was Pittsburgh minus two, two and a half and look aheads. And that was obviously steamed, you know, 12 points the other way through all, all this news. So the other one that's very similar here, Miami at Buffalo. This one's gone back and forth. Uh, Buffalo three and a half point favorites here at home, which obviously feels like a hedge line. This line makes no sense 
either way uh, to me, and I don't know really what to do with it. 42 is and a half is the total. There's a 43 and a half on FanDuel. So Dolphins made the playoffs with a win. Uh, they could also clinch a wild card spot if the Ravens, Browns, and Colts lose. Bills already locked up the AFC East. They are likely the two or three seed. If Pittsburgh does lose, like we anticipate to Cleveland, Buffalo is the two seed here. So three and a half is basically indicative of throwing your hands up in the air at this point, right? So like if Buffalo is playing everybody, they should be six or seven point favorites, right? Like there's no reason they should be three and a half point favorites, but if they are resting people because they know that, that the Steelers are, that they're locked into the two seed if the Steelers lose because they have the head-to-head uh, tiebreaker having beat them, um, then this should have you know Miami going to be – they're going out to win this game. They're going to be totally motivated. And this should probably be something closer to three and a half on Miami side or even higher, similar to the Cleveland situation. So uh, what do you make of this one? I, I think exactly that. I points bet uh, the Dolphins here at plus three and a half. Uh, okay. I think that they – I, mean, I think they win outright. I think the Miami money line is in play here. What's interesting is it actually went down to like minus or plus one for a little bit. And yeah. then Fitzpatrick was announced out and they moved it like back to plus three. And I'm like, you know, he's not starting, right? Like this is, you know, Tua was going to start, I thought. And, you know, unless, you know, something happened that we didn't know. And so, you know, like really you're moving the line two points for a backup quarterback. I get that Fitzpatrick has looked good, you know, and when he's come in for Tua, but they just do two very different things. Like Tua is a great game manager. Like he's very good at, you know, completing passes, not turning the ball over uh, too much, uh, whereas Fitzpatrick's a little bit more careless and better forcing the ball downfield. And if they need to play catch up, I mean, I think he's a more obvious candidate, at least in this point in their careers. Um, I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't really get this. I think that this should be, I think Miami should be favored here. So I, I'm, I'm in on that. I think that I, – I mean, I think that the Bills are actually going to probably potentially have a few players inactive. Uh, I know that there was actually a Bills beat reporter uh, t- talking about how he thinks that they're going to, like, rest, like, Josh Allen and Diggs for, um, like, a large portion of this game. So, I mean, with that, you're, you're basically saying that Miami plus three and a half, motivated to make the playoffs against the Bills backups for, I would say, a half. Yeah. So – um, for me, I mean, this, this is, this will be probably one of my bigger bets of the week. Okay. Yeah. I, I, it makes sense. I mean, it just feels like it's such a weird number. And I think like you, like you pointed out the, the movement of the line recently going back to Buffalo at three and a half is, is also equally bizarre. Like, uh, people were obviously banking on the thought of Fitz coming in to save the day again. I don't know. Like it's just, it's, it's so it's peculiar, but yeah, good for you getting on the points bet piece. I know that's something that you've leveraged multiple times uh, profitably so far this season, but this feels like a good opportunity because I feel like once we maybe get a little bit of that, maybe it's a little bit of McDermott's played the cards close to his vest and hasn't said, like, we are definitely arresting people. We're going to kind of play it by ear, and maybe that's what's balking people a little bit. They don't really know what to do with it, but it feels like a um, an opportunity where they usually don't have on a Friday the books – having their hands up in the air going, I don't know what the heck's going on here. Like this is, this is, is this kind of an interesting one. So the two thing is interesting, man. Like the, if you can't throw vertically downfield against the Raiders who can't get any pressure and have a bottom three secondary, I don't know, man. I don't, I guess we'll get into it in the off season. I'm very interested to see why Miami does with their litter of picks. I mean, right now they're set for a top three pick. 
But uh, the Tua stuff is wild. Like, is it just a year off of an injury? Uh, is it just he's there's a little bit more of a learning curve? Some guys don't have it as much. We obviously see guys like Herbert come in and just tear the roof off right away, and and Tua has really struggled. So we'll get there in the off season. But I feel like he can do enough this week to uh, to cover this if you can get uh, the points right now and and maybe points bet it like Connor does. So very very interesting to see what happens with this line movement over the next forty eight hours. Didn't the Bills last season two in week seventeen basically just like kind of give up? Like they they lost the Jets. Um, they did. Yeah, points and they kind of just like tried their best to get out of there, um, like unscathed. So I don't know. There is a litany of examples over the last decade plus of teams that are just have been spoiled. Uh, there's a literal matchup with the Ravens and and. Uh, Bengals that we'll get to later where this happened, I think in 2017, like oh God, yeah. you have these situations where it seems very, very clear where you get these like perfect, beautiful, easy, straightforward money line parlay situations where it's like these things can get blown up in a big way. I'm basically saying that for myself to understand like, Oh, I love this one. This is easy. Like, of course they're going to win. Like this team has no incentive to win. They're not trying. Like, you know, some of these teams haven't been trying for months. We haven't had any incentive to win for a very long time. So, like, you know, having to really parse through this is it's it's difficult and challenging. So, same thing with this next one: Jets on the road against the Patriots. Patriots are three point favorites at home. Uh, there are some three and a halfs out there. Total at forty. You can find thirty nine and a half out there as well, which is gross. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to make of this one. I don't think anything changes from the Jets side. They're locked into the two seed or the two number two spot in, um, you know, in April's draft. The Patriots are in the same spot as they were last week against the Bills, and they they were using their starters. We really haven't had any. There's no precedent for this with New England. We haven't had a. They've had a lot of meaningless Week 17 games historically in the last two decades, but there's typically been a bye followed by that into the playoffs. We haven't had them having a meaningless game that ends the season. So um, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, it is kind of like unprecedented for Bill Belichick to be playing for nothing in a bad way. Um, So I don't really know how he's going to handle it. I think they're probably just going to roll out the game and it'll just be another week for them and and they'll really try here. Um, If I had to take a side, I would probably bet on the Patriots minus three, even though the Jets have been on fire um, and have completely (laughs) blown up my – I bet on them worst team in the league or worst record like before the season. And they choked that shit away in the final few weeks by somehow playing well. And pretty frustrated about that. I'm not going to lie. That was a bet that I was, you know, I was counting those bills already. Like, let's just say I was, I was ready. I was ready to make the withdrawals. Um, and yeah, they, they messed that up. But no, in this one, I'd probably lead New England. I, I probably won't bet on the game, maybe some props, but yeah, nothing really. Yeah. Same. You can tell me on maybe some, Jamison Crowder reception props or something like that. I think you're probably going to see, um, you know, no Damian Harris again. So maybe you see, you know, something on Sony, but like that's not very exciting. So mostly a stay away, uh, pretty easily avoidable game on this, uh, the slate. I don't think we see, I don't think we see Cam back in New England. Uh, I don't think we see four quarters of Cam in this game. So um, be interesting Under. to see what happens. Yeah. But I mean, it's 39 and a half. Like, that's, yeah, just, you know, I, I feel like we've shared for, for Cam's props just oh, because. Yeah, yeah like, last week they were like normal. They were like 190, 195 passing yards, and 
they they mentioned that he could get pulled, and I I didn't really believe them uh, just because you know I, I think I love Cam too much, thinking that he he'll never play bad again. Um, you know, he, he played bad again and got pulled, so uh, it's probably a pretty similar situation here. I figured losing to the Jets. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll run those and see what happens when they come out if they're still full Cam props, and I think that's probably that's probably another nice points bet opportunity for you. I don't know if you can morally points bet Cam yeah. unders. Um, I feel like that would be like a real conflict of interest for you internally. Uh, no, that's actually a good one though, because I mean, realistically, like, what is he going to do? Go out there and throw for 300 yards? Yeah, right. Like, you no, know, no way. I mean, they're, they're going to run the ball most of the time anyway. So just, yeah, just run and get the game over with, I think is probably what you see from, from both teams. All right, next Atlanta on the road against the Buccaneers, Tampa, uh, seven point favorites here. 50 and a half is the total uh, bucks can, uh, no longer win the NFC South, but a win here over Atlanta clinches the number five seed. That's relevance because number, the number five seed faces the winner of the NFC East. So um, it's a road game, but you know Tampa obviously, instead of having to play in Seattle, would get to go to Washington or Dallas or New York. So um, motivation for Tampa here to to take care of business. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I've seen I've seen some people say that like it's not that much motivation, and I totally disagree. I think that they're going to go like you know all totally. out, yeah, all out. Um, but uh, so thinking thinking about this, who would be the one team to lose to the NFC East? <laughs> yeah, you're saying it now. They're they're gonna you know they're gonna mess around and make that game close. I don't know how it's gonna who it's gonna be against, but I do think they take care of business this week. I think that they win by. Seven or more, um, you know, the spread, I think, is a little bit light. So I, I like them here. Um, Atlanta's defense has actually been playing better as of late, last seven weeks. Uh, ninth and over in uh, EPA per play, 12th uh, per dropback, fifth against the run, um, which is good. But, again, I, I think the Bucks are a far better team pretty much almost all over. And, um, you know, like we said, they have the motivation. They're really going to be just going all out here. And um, seven points, I think. I, I just don't think that this really factors in the situation at all, like in terms of the line. I think that six and a half is about right, regardless of the situation. And then to add on the fact that they, you know, this is a big time game for them, at least we think, until they lose the NFC's team. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. Like there's, I'd be stupid to not think about the difference of going to Seattle versus going to Washington, D.C. Or, or Dallas. Um, you know, I think that that makes a ton of sense. And I also feel like it's a team because it is the one that we're saying like, hey, if someone's going to have a hiccup in that spot, who would it be? It'd be Tampa because they, there hasn't been that continuity and they haven't really had that just groove offensively, especially that we were thinking that we would see because you still look at the team and you go, man, like I, I don't know how they aren't more dominant. Though, you know, a win here gets them to 11 and 5. It's a pretty good season. I mean, it's over on their win total. Um you know, even if you got it at its highest range, you know, early in the in the Brady news, like they're still going to be eleven and five with a win here. That's a pretty good season. And you know, adding Antonio Brown here, I mean, obviously we're coming off of a week where we saw them play Detroit in an island spot, so it like magnifies a little bit of what we saw last. And Detroit's going to make anyone look fantastic. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like another really good win here kind of sets them up to you know a good win here. If they handle their business against the NFC East team in the playoffs, then, you know, if the defense is, is playing a little bit better, probably not like it was early in the season, but if they can start to continue to string nice defensive outputs out in a row, it makes me feel a little bit interested in them as we move forward into the playoffs as, you know, somewhat of a, a viable team 
in a division or a conference that I feel like is pretty open. I mean, I feel like the Packers are probably the best team, but I don't feel like I, you and I feel like they're runaway favorites here, um, that they they can't take care of business there. So they could be interesting as we start to move forward. There's a lot of skill on both sides of the ball. Uh, so the one I was talking about a bit ago, Baltimore. On the road against the Bengals, Baltimore, 12.5-point favorites, 44 is the total. Uh, Ravens make the playoffs with a win in this game. They can also make the playoffs with the Browns or a Colts loss. Uh, neither of those things feel very likely. So Baltimore basically needing to win here to get themselves in. Um, over the past four weeks, they are averaging 37 points per game, 6.4 yards per carry uh, for about 234 rushing yards per game. We're getting back to a little bit of that Baltimore bully ball on the ground. Cincinnati's defense, 30 seconds, an explosive run rate allowed on the season. They were obviously coming off of back-to-back wins, which they haven't had in quite some time, you know, with a really nice offensive showing last week against a terrible Texans defense. But, uh, you know, looking to play spoiler again like they did a few years ago with a big late Tyler Boyd touchdown that knocked uh, Baltimore out of the playoffs here. Uh, 12 and a half, Connor, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, not too much on the spread. I do like we got on the the Bengals team total over twenty eight. At least I took that, uh, or not the Bengals team total. Ravens, yeah, team total over twenty eight. Yeah, the Bengals are definitely not scoring twenty eight here. Um, I, the Bengals defensively though, twenty fifth in DVOA, thirty second explosive run rate allowed, twenty seventh adjusted line yards. Um, I think that this is a good kind of like you said. This is a good matchup for the Ravens to really bully them on the ground and uh, kind of just impose their will. So I think 20, 28 points is a little bit light. I think they're going to score like pretty easily 30 or more. Uh, I'm also interested in taking some like Bengals unders, like, you know, especially after last week and they looked good. Uh, I mean, the Ravens defense is a lot better than Houston's. And kind of like you said, like these, if if the Ravens really impose their will on through the running game, like this is going to be a short game. There's not going to be many plays. And I think the Bengals are going to be, there isn't going to be much volume to go around. So I think that taking some unders there could be good as well. Um, but overall, probably just Ravens team total over. I want to see what happens with Tyler Boyd himself, actually. I think he's been dealing with concussion issues. I think he got a limited practice in the other day. I don't know his status. But, um, I mean, T. Higgins is a baller. He dominated that game against the Texans. You know, the Ravens' secondary has been beat up a little bit. Uh, be a little interested in Higgins if we had no Boyd. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I think maybe shorting some you know yardage props from you know, from Brandon Allen or something like that, I think I can get behind too. But uh, yeah, it, obviously in full in- incentive for Baltimore um, to uh, go ahead and take care of business. So that's why we jumped on the, the team total at 28. Still out there at 28 and a half or so, which is not as enticing, but this feels like a spot again. They've averaged 37 in the last four weeks. You're getting up into the mid 40s a couple times there. Feels like a spot where they can uh, become comfortable get up into the 30s again. So I'd still probably be interested if the the price was right juice wise on a on a 20 and a half. All right, Tennessee on the road against Houston. Tennessee's seven and a half point favorites on the road. 56 is the total. Titans will clinch the AFC South with a win in this game. Uh, they could also get into the playoffs if the Ravens, Colts, or Dolphins, any of them lose. Uh, this game was really interesting the first time it played. It went into OT. Obviously, that was you know Will Fuller was involved in that, but we've seen Deshaun Watson continue to ball out uh, to the best of his ability. 
even though Fuller's been been out. Uh, seven and a half is a lot, even though obviously one of these teams needs it desperately while the other doesn't. I think it's a little inflated, um, but at the same time, we're coming off of uh, seeing Tennessee really lay an egg in a big spot last week too. Um, Laramie Tunsil expected to sit in this one, which I think is is impactful, You know, protecting Watson's blind side. We were worried a little bit early in the week on – his status because we had some interest in the Houston team total, but uh, he has not appeared on the injury report. He seems like he is good to go. And then waiting on the Derrick Henry numbers too. Uh, he needs, uh, I think, 200 and something yards here to get to 2,000. He ran for 212 and two scores last time these two teams played. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Um, and yeah, so I, I like that team total for the Texans over 23 and a half. Um, like you said, Watson full practice. And I mean, the Titans defense is just terrible. 31st in pressure rate, 30th in pass defense, DVOA, 30th in adjusted sack rate. Uh, like you said, last time it was 36 to 42 is the final score. And there's plenty of wiggle room, even if, uh, they score less points here and a lot less. Uh, I think that there's plenty of wiggle room for him to, them to still hit the over. Titans have also allowed 24 more points in 11 of their 15 games this season. The three times they didn't, three of the times that they didn't were against the Broncos, Jags, and the Nick Foles Bears. Um, and there was actually one time against the Bills too, which, but that just seems like an outlier where uh, that that Bills game was just totally totally whack. But uh, other than that, I would consider this Texans offense much better than all the other ones who didn't reach that that threshold. So yeah, I think that they score twenty four more pretty easily in this one. I don't have too much to take on the spread. I think I'd probably handicap it at seven, maybe not seven and a half, but. Um, I'm probably not taking it either way. And then the total, I would lean over. But again, I think this could end up being like a, a 27, 24 type of game um, where, you know, that doesn't hit the over. And it's it's a little bit closer than we would think. I just feel like this Houston defense is so bad. And playing on a fast track like that in Houston, obviously different than playing outside in Lambeau. Uh, I just, I can't see, especially after Brandon Allen just doing whatever he wants against them. I know that it feels like it could be a letdown spot where, you know, Tennessee is one of these teams that is surprisingly upset this week. And, you know, these are all division games this week. So like we have the second time in the division narrative up and down the board. It's literally the whole thing, but you know, this game was really tightly contested the first time, but uh, I think the over, I have way more interest in, in the game over than I do at Tennessee at seven and a half, because I just think neither team has, much shot at slowing the other one down. It's just a matter of, do we get enough? Do we get really full Watson? Is he good to go? And and I think he is. That's why we made the play on, on Houston's side. But like I just can't see a scenario where Houston's slowing down Tennessee either. I mean, they couldn't stop Brandon Allen. So, you know, I would know 31 and a half is a little rich, but like this is one of those like high tide raises all boats kind of situation. So this can get yeah. the 60s. Yeah, they'll be right there, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's probably fair. All right, this one's interesting. Uh, Green Bay on the road against the Bears. Green Bay, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Total is 50. Bears make the playoffs with a win in this one. They can also make the playoffs if the Cardinals lose to the Rams. Packers need this one to clinch the number one seed in the NFC. Um, And, yeah, again, one bye. So massive, massive advantage to be the one seed, have everything come through Lambeau in the playoffs here. This feels short to me. Four and a half. It was five and a half. It's been six. I know maybe with the David Bakhtiari news, uh, basically one of the best left tackles in the game, you know, tearing his ACL in practice the other day. He's going to be out. It's a big loss for them. I feel like it's a big loss for them 
as we get into handicapping playoff matchups more so than it is this week against the Bears, who are a bottom third pressure team and have really been making their way on the back of an incredibly easy schedule. Like I, I, I know that we typically are probably a little too hard on the Bears. Like we're maybe Bear haters in a way. Um, Trubisky has been pretty good of late, right? Like, I mean, he had that like Hail Mary ball in the end zone against Jacksonville last week. Like no business throwing that ball and gets an intercepted. But like they have played the bottom three defenses in three out of the last four weeks. Jacksonville, Detroit, and Houston. The other team is Minnesota, who was 18th in defensive efficiency. Like the other the other three are 30th, 31st, and 32nd. So like I don't want to pretend that like Trubisky has played really well against these suddenly other elite teams. Like he's done well, which is great. He is, I think it's indisputable that he is better than Nick Foles and they probably hurt themselves by making the playoffs by rolling with Nick Foles for multiple weeks. But like, I I can't sit here and say that this is a playoff team that like Trubisky is transformed into this guy. They need to double down and give a contract extension to, and now is going to lead the team to the playoffs. But, uh, what are your thoughts? Who the fuck is betting the Bears? Like who? I don't understand. Is it like, you know, the people of Chicago have come together and instead of, you know, rioting and looting or just decided to all put their money on the Bears? Like this is – it makes no sense to me. I don't know. I'm like scared actually now that – because, you know, I, I put money on the Packers at minus five, which is a dead number. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, under, under six I thought was a great value. Um, and now it's at, it's moving towards the Bears. I'm like – you know, there are some warning signs going on in my head that I'm like, this is not good generally, but I'm going to stick to my guns here. I, I think that the Packers take care of business. I think that they score plenty of points. And let's let's remember here. So the last time that these teams played, the Packers were winning 41 to 10 heading into the fourth quarter. Like this was not a game. You know, they were thoroughly dominating this Bears team. They're a better team this year. Their offense has been playing extremely well. Um, the Bears, like you said, I mean, a lot of Trubisky's success has been schedule fueled. I think that he'll be all right enough to score some points, but I just don't see them slowing the Packers' offense down at all. So, yeah, I mean, the the Packers at anything under six points, I'm interested in. I would, I'm actually going to consider points betting them too if if we're seeing it at, um, you know, f- four and a half, five, and then being able to points bet it like with uh, the bump there at probably like six. So, you know, anything more that they win by six, uh, I think we'd be raking it in. I, I mean, there's a chance here where they put up another 40 points again. So, um, yeah, I don't know. For me, I, I like I like that. I, I'd probably lean towards the over as well. Um, I know that, uh, you know, friend of the show, Noah Rudell, talk, was talking to me about that. He points about the over. He likes that. Uh, I think it's a sharp play. Both teams should be able to score. Even though we do think that some of Trubisky's success was schedule-fueled, like um, – you know, he's been playing well enough that I think he'll be okay. And, you know, the Bears will be able to score uh, like, you know, 20 to, uh, you know, like 24 to 27 points, something like that range. Yeah. Packers defense has been a little bit better of late, too, than, you know, they were early in the season, sixth in EPA per play over the last seven weeks or so, sixth against, uh, you know, per drop back. So they've been tightening it up a little bit. But, uh, you know, Rogers talked about it this week. He loves playing in Chicago. It's, it's a huge rivalry game. Um, there's a hundred percent incentive motivation for them to win here. Like, I just think we see a full on effort from green Bay and that is not something that I think Chicago can take advantage of. Like they're, it's a t- hard team to get pressure on. Uh, obviously the Bakhtiari news is probably what I think is moving the line, but like 
we have talked endlessly about the flaws in Chicago really being stemming from their inability to get a pass rush. Like their secondary has been propped up by, you know, a defense that really has not been a problem. So yeah, it feels like a great spot for, for green Bay team total, like 27 and a half being able to get that above 27 and a half. Now with this movement feels really good. Obviously before this moved, it was up there above the key number. So I feel like this is a advantageous move to get in on. Well, as well. So yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Bears also are going to be missing uh Buster screen and uh, Jalen Johnson as well as pointed out by a listener, which uh, you know, that's, yeah. I mean, obviously another key loss for the bears. So I don't even know if the Buster screen thing's a negative per se, <laughs> like, you know, Jalen Johnson's played pretty well, but uh, yeah, again, feels like a, a spot for, for the Packers to eat. So I, and I think again, like there's, it hasn't been like a real, it's a rivalry on paper. You know, there hasn't been a lot of – there haven't been many times in the last 50 years where both of these teams are good at the same time. Like they've played in some meaningful games, but like at least in the last handful of years, there's some Cutler games back. But other than that, like they haven't really been good at the same time for very often. But like both these teams would love to ruin the, the playoff situation for the other, where the Bears get in and knock the Packers from the one seed and then Green Bay sending Chicago home. So – those things I think matter a little bit in week 17 when we're trying to, you know, decipher motivation and stuff. So similar spot here, Seattle on the road against San Francisco. This one's obviously in Arizona. San Francisco is, is uh, moved from their home. Seattle six and a half point favorites here on the road. 46 is the total uh, Seahawks can clinch the, or they clinched the division last week. Um, they can no worse than the three seed. They have an outside shot at the top seed if they win here and both the Packers and Saints lose. So the Niners don't strike me as a team under Shanahan that's going to lay down. And they have, they've had so many injuries anyway. Like what are their bench guys? Like their bench guys have been playing for six, seven weeks. (laughs) San Francisco is going to try to, to win here. And I think is, I don't know why I want to say that they're live, but I feel like six and a half is too much. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're live um, because, like, so kind of like you said, for in order for Seattle to lock up the top seed, both New Orleans and Great Green Bay need to lose, and they're all being played at the same time. Yeah. Um, so, and like we just talked about, like we think that the Packers win here. Um, I, I think it's very unlikely that both of those teams lose, and I think there's a de- decent chance that Seattle knows that and just kind of like. Goes out, maybe Russell Wilson plays, but they just like go with a run heavy game plan. They kind of coast through the game, and then you know whatever happens happens. Like I don't think that it, it might just not be as much pressure for them to win because it doesn't really change their outlook too much. So um, I don't know. I mean, we could be I could be misreading that situation there, but um, I think as a logical like a logical approach here would be that I don't think New Orleans and Green Bay loses. Um, and you know, are you really willing to risk like your, your starting quarterback's health potentially in a game that probably won't impact your playoff outlook too much? I don't know. That's just kind of how I see it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you could easily see one of those situations where it seems clear that, you know, maybe one of the two teams is winning heavily in the first half or, um, you know, even in the third quarter and then you get, you know, backups from Seattle in the fourth or the second half or something like that, where you're going to get a full effort of, of whatever San Fran has left. They're going to be, they're going to be rolling out their guys. So yeah, six and a half feels too much for sure. 
Um, I think they are definitely live on the money line, but I feel like laying the points here feels pretty good, especially if this one's felt like it's been teetering at times in the last few days of getting to seven. Like that'd be very interesting to me too. So I haven't made a play on it. Um, I'll kind of track maybe a little bit about how I feel like the books are leaning with it, but uh, you know, there's definitely some some interest here in the on the 49ers side. Um, I don't know about anything prop wise per se. San Fran is going to be without Brandon Ayuk. They've obviously been without Debo Samuel for the last couple of weeks, so you know maybe there's some you know Kendrick Bourne or, or Richie James. Kendrick Bourne owes you, right? He cost you some money a couple of weeks ago, so yes. get up on some Kendrick Bourne overs maybe this week. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'll just out of principle take some unders just because, you know, fuck that guy. <laughs> some bullshit. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Probably props will be probably how I approach it. Maybe some unders too. I mean, like, kind of like we said, like, I think, you know, points betting some Russell Wilson unders could be interesting if those are out. Because, yeah. uh, like, I mean, if he plays half the game, like, you're just, you're potentially max cashing. Um, and that would be, you know, great. Yep. All right. Next, we have the Chargers. On the road against the Chiefs, um, you know it's week 17 because the Chargers are three-and-a-half-point favorites here. 43-and-a-half is the total. Uh, yeah, we know that we have backups for the Chiefs side. No incentive to play anyone. We'll have no Mahomes. We'll have no Tyreek Hill. We'll have very likely no Travis Kelsey. That has not been – Kelsey thing, I think, in particular, has not been stated yet, but I'd be shocked at this point to see him. He kind of got over some thresholds last week with – receiving yards at the tight end position, setting that record. Uh, you know, he's, you know, long shot to win the, you know, most receiving yards. But, like, I can't see Andy Reid messing around with anything like that. I don't see – I don't think we see any of their regulars. And then the Chargers are kind of playing out the string like they've been as of late. No Keenan Allen in this one. But I think otherwise you see most of the same guys for the Chargers as three-and-a-half-point favorites here. Any interest in this one at all? Uh no, I mean, I would think that, you know, the Chargers are three and a half, but uh, my New Year's resolution is not to bet on the Anthony Lynn Chargers um, because I've lost half of my hair this this year um, and uh, I'm only 25. You know, this is not a good look. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, I did get engaged, so that's always nice. But, you know, it's it's not a good look, man. I mean, there's a reason I wear a hat after every episode. It's it's not, you know, we don't want this to be a male baldness uh, show on YouTube. Maybe we get so. some sponsors for you get hymns up in here or something like. Yeah, that's true. Actually, maybe I should hit them up and say that you know we're we're an up up and coming show. Where I can get some hair hair sponsors. No, but okay. So this game this game, I can't. I just can't deal with it. I I can't. Everything pretty much every week logically that we how we handicap games points us to betting the Chargers and they just make the wrong decisions every time. So I I can't deal with that. Um and. Week 17, it's been a great year, so I'm, I'm just staying off of it. There's enough games this week where <laughs> you just don't need you don't need to. Yeah, you don't so, need to do this. Uh, leave it alone. Uh, you know, maybe if we see some real clarity around player usage on either side, and maybe there's something that emerges in the prop market. But uh, you know, sides and totals here, it, it just feels like a, a stay away. Um, next one, Raiders on the road against Denver. Raiders are three-point favorites. Total is 51. Denver's lost three of four. The Raiders have lost five of six. Um, two bad teams, both eliminated, obviously, from the playoffs. I feel like in this scenario, we're probably going to see, for the most part, normal a normal game from these two. And I got a bad team. I got bad teams. I'm going to take the points. I feel like both teams are, are probably – 
you know, I would lean there to take Denver's points here. Um, what are your thoughts? Wow. No, I, I'm just impressed. I feel like you, I, I don't, have you ever taken Denver before? Probably not very often. I do feel like, you know, there's, there is probably a little bit of home field advantage playing in altitude, but uh, yeah, I've not been on many Bronco sides this year. And I, I think that's probably the sharp side to not be on, but um, and it probably is here. This is probably another one of those. There's enough games on the board. Stay away from it. But like I lean Denver here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really even have a lean, but I, I the, the total seems high. But then when you look at kind of like how these defenses have been the Raiders and EPA since week nine, 30th, Denver 26th, like, you know, these defenses are terrible. Um, I, I kind of think that it might be like a Josh Jacobs uh, or like, uh, you know, a game where they just the Raiders run the ball like 25 times and just, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't really have a good feel for this game either. I think it'll probably be a normal game. But again, like these teams, they have some tendencies. But beyond that, they're just like so bad in some random areas that it's it's really tough to predict. Yeah, it's true. I guess I'm I'm holding out a long shot, which I thought was a long shot a couple uh, months ago. You know, the Raiders under seven and a half wins, you know, they were <laughs> six and three. And uh, somehow my seven and a half is very live here, along with uh, Josh Jacobs under on his rushing yards for the season. So those are my only two unsettled futures currently. And uh, yeah, I would like to, to cash those. The Jacobs thing feels he would need to blow up and have like 200 and something yards. So I feel like he's good to go, but I would like a, a Broncos win here. So maybe I'll just leave it alone. I have enough money tied to it uh, just by proxy with the futures bets. But uh, yeah, you, I can get interested in a little bit of Denver, um, you know, maybe some props here too. I just feel like this Raiders secondary is so bad. And now having just some really tough losses now that I have to go on the road and in Denver to end the season is, uh, is not a great place to be. So maybe Melvin Gordon props. I mean, these uh, like this, you know, Raiders defense, like we talked about is really bad. So yeah. Um, and and Phil Lindsay's been seeing a ton of work. So yeah. I don't know. I haven't heard about Lindsay. If he's, if he's out, then that'd be interesting too. Good call. Yeah. Uh, and then we also, uh, you know, a, a listener said Waller receiving yards question mark. I think the Waller receiving yards are in play pretty much every week. Um, it just depends on how you, uh, how you like interpret the matchup here. So uh, I'm not sure if I'll be on it. Depends on kind of what the number comes out at. Yeah. Hard to not be on Waller receiving yards. So, and we saw 15 Jerry Judy targets last week. I don't know if that is just, uh, you know, they're finally starting to get that guy involved. But again, like 15 Drew Lock targets is I mean, might as well be eight normal targets. Um, but he played like the worst game of his career too. I think that was like, yeah, like was so bad. Yeah, it was rough. I don't know if you're listening to the announcer. I don't know why I had that game on, but it was it was very funny because he was always like every time he dropped the ball, he's like, "Oh man, he'll get it next time. He's a great player," you know, <laughs> or uh, "Oh, uh, you know, maybe uh, there'll be better days for this guy," you know. Whereas like. Um, any other player, it's like, it's like, well, you know, he keeps doing that. He'll be cut next week, you know, right. or like, uh, you know, they're a lot harsher. I don't know if, you know, maybe he's, uh, you know, has ties to his agent or something, or is getting like the bills paid by him. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's got very a rose colored glasses, handful of, uh, Jerry Judy prism rookie cards. And he's <laughs> cashing in someday and he, he, he <laughs> lose value in lifetime. Hmm. All right. Next week at Arizona. On the road against the Rams, Arizona's up to three and a half point favorites here. 40 and a half is the total. Cardinals clinch a playoff spot with a win in this game. The Rams can clinch with a win or with a loss by the Bears. Um, no Jared Goff out with a broken thumb. Uh, I felt like that happened early in the game, but it didn't happen late because he played so bad last week. 
We also have Cooper Cup and Michael Brockers on the COVID list as well, which is why you see this spot where it's a must win for both teams, but Arizona favored on the road. The Rams have won the last seven matchups uh, when these two teams have faced. Obviously, they face each other two times a year. Rams rolling out John Walford, former Houston AAF QB, um, who, I don't know, we were talking about it, I I share with you, like, I don't know that he's way worse than Jared Goff. Like, Goff has been really, really bad at times this year. And I feel like, I feel like McVay is probably excited to get someone else in there. And I know it's a different level of competition with the AAF, but like, Walford's a little, like, he's mobile. I think you're going to see a lot of, like, play-action boots. I think you maybe see him, you know, run a little bit. Like, I think that he is uh, and not afraid to to chuck it a little bit, too. So, yeah, I- I'm interested in the over here. Um, I, we got in on Arizona at, at one, right? like, when we thought this was going to move with some of the news. So, feel pretty good about that. I don't know that I would chase now through the three. But 40-and-a-half feels light. This was 38-28 four weeks ago when these two teams met. Um, yeah, this feels under the key number of 41. This feels like a, a, an overplay for me. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. I, you know, when I, when I heard the news that John Walford was getting the start, I went back and, you know, grinded a little tape there and, and watched some, some John Walford plays. I mean, he's, he's pretty good. He's all right. Um, he's not definitely – I would say he's like probably high variance. Like we don't really know what we're going to get. Uh, he could be good, like you said, and I think that in McVay's system, it would not surprise me at all if he comes out and like plays extremely well. Um, but he could also, with like different level of competition, like you said, just completely choke. Uh, and so, I don't know. It's not someone I would really want to like bet on too much, but I do like the over. I think that's probably a fine way. I'm not going to bet on his player props um, unless they're just like egregiously low. Um, and like you said, both teams here motivated to win the, in order to make the playoffs. So. Yeah, I'd probably lean over 41. It's just really low. Like even at like 44, 45, 46. Like there's a lot of numbers that it could land on in like a regular, in like a reasonably like low scoring game, but still hit the over on this total. Yeah. I mean, 20, 21, 20, we're good. You know, like there's, there's just enough there offensively, I think with, uh, with these two teams. And I, I feel like that they can get there. And I feel like McVay is one of those guys like Shanahan that like, it just wants to show that like I can, I can scheme anybody into being, you know, serviceable in league average with, uh, with my offense. So Robert Wood's props are going to be interesting to me. I think he caught 10 balls on 11 targets last time. These two teams met, I obviously without Cooper cup, he'll be a focal point of the offense. I think we're going to have cam Akers back. It seems like they're looking to get him back with Henderson being out. You know, don't think we're going to have acres practice per se, but uh, you know, you probably see him sharing the load with, with Malcolm Brown, but uh, you know, more interested in, in Robert Woods than maybe any any rushing props. Wolford is, might be a guy I'd be interested in seeing when his rushing number comes out at because uh, that could be of interest too. I don't imagine it's going to be very high, and I feel like just again probably feels like one of those scenarios where he's maybe a one, maybe a two read guy, and if he doesn't have it, you can see him tucking it uh, a couple different times, or maybe just naturally through play action boots and stuff like that, where he ends up, um, you know tucking it and, and getting a few yards. So I can't imagine his rushing prop being very high. So that's going to be one to, to look for later in the day. Interesting. I like that one. Uh, next, Jacksonville at Indy. Indy 14-point favorites at home. 49.5 is the total. Colts need to win the game and have either the Titans, Ravens, Browns, or Dolphins lose. Uh, that loss last week to Pittsburgh was a big one. They basically are the 
the one team that needs the most help here. Um, if the Colts win and the Titans lose somehow to the Texans, Indy would win the AFC South. Jacksonville, we know, won a couple weeks ago when uh, the Jets won. So Jacksonville on the clock. Um, their season has been over for a very long time. They're all only one of the season, though, obviously, was when these two teams battled in week one. Uh, yeah, I mean, Indy needs this game, and it's at home, and I can't imagine they mess around too, too much. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, I think this is a spot where that's kind of like largely factored in because the spread is 14 points. So they're, you know, significantly oh, yeah. better team. Um, and like, but at the same time, it's, it's two touchdowns. Um, and we've talked, I mean, pretty, uh, at length about the Colts and how like we think that they're overrated. I'm, I'm kind of sad that we won't have another spot to fade them potentially, um, like in a bigger matchup because we were, I mean, we briefly discussed it last week with the Steelers. We weren't confident enough in the Steelers to be able to have success, but, um, I mean, the Colts are overrated for sure. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I hope they make it in the playoffs so that way we can bet against them. Um, but for this, I would say maybe they're like an interesting teaser leg. Uh, if you want to do that, get them under 10. Um, I would still be over seven, probably unless you do a seven point teaser, but, um, that's probably about it for me in this one. Maybe some, some John or, uh, some, some rushing props, uh, for, for the Colts here. Um, other than that, not too much. Yeah. I would love Indy in the playoffs to bet against, uh, their, we thought their defense was a little fraudulent. I think they're probably pretty good up front. I feel like it's a pretty strong front seven. They're, you know, been decent against the run, but they are 23rd in EPA per play allowed over the last seven weeks. They are 30th in passing success rate allowed over the last seven weeks as well. You know, they just picked apart. Um, I don't really know what happened in the second half of that game, but Pittsburgh just – Roethlisberger did whatever he want, wanted. He hasn't done that in a month. He's looked really old. And Indy brought him back to life in a big way. So I don't know that Mike Glennon is the guy that can expose that here, but uh, you know maybe in the playoffs if they can find their way in, that could be something that we can take advantage of. Because I feel like still the perception is is that Indy is is getting it done with you know an above average defense, and it's just clearly clearly not the case. Um, I'm going to be interested in Lavisca Chanel props here with DJ Shark outs. Lavisca's averaging eight targets per game over the last three weeks. I think just naturally kind of fits with, you know, underneath type stuff that he runs. It's kind of how Indy filters stuff in with their Tampa two defense. So, you know, LaVisca is a guy I want to continue to buy into moving forward. And I think this is a good spot. I don't think we're going to see, I think his prop number probably is still three and a half or so um, reception wise. So probably more of a a receptions thing than a yardage prop, but uh, you know, he's very, very much in play for me here. And then Jonathan Taylor, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. All right. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens with the news that's kind of broken mid-show here in New Orleans at Carolina. Uh, New Orleans was six-and-a-half-point favorites. 47-and-a-half is the total. Um, similar to the Seahawks situation, New Orleans needs three things to go their way to earn the number one seed. They have to win here against Carolina. They have to have Green Bay lose to Chicago, and they need Seattle to beat San Francisco. Um so they, they are motivated to a degree, but we've seen this. This is another one of those scenarios where I feel like we could have maybe in-game resting where you see a quarter, maybe a half of Drew Brees, and then we see some backups. But uh, tell me what your thoughts are. 
Yeah, I mean, if, if for the running backs, uh, don't matter crowd here, like the, the spread moved all the way from six and a half to uh, six and a half. So uh, mm-hmm. congratulations. Um, yeah, it was a big, big move there. Um, but no, I do agree. I think that the Saints, you know, they, they have some motivation. They win, the Packers lose. They would technically be the number one seed and get a bye. Obviously, that's super important. Um, the games are going on simultaneously, though, so it's tough. So it's kind of – they're kind of in a similar situation as we talked about before, but um, – I, I'm not. I'm not really too sure about like whether um, how much they play. So that makes it tough to lay, you know, six and a half with them. But I would do if I if I was guaranteed a full game, I would definitely lay the six and a half for sure. Yeah, I mean, it opens two lights. You know, I was looking at it early in the week and even last Sunday night, and I was thinking like this one should be above seven, and uh, but it's kind of hung here. And I think that's kind of I think the thought is that maybe we see a backdoor cover late where maybe we see backups coming in from New Orleans side or something like that at play. But otherwise, uh, reluctant to go too, too hard on it. We're going to see, was it Rodney Smith, I think, running back for Carolina here? No Mike Davis. Again, no Christian McCaffrey, obviously. And, uh, you know, now obviously Latavius Murray instead of uh, Alvin Kamara too. So be interesting to see what happens here and how this plays out. But uh, kind of an avoid for me until we get a little bit of clarity. Though I do think New Orleans probably wins this game still. But, uh, you know, want to see a little bit more information. All right, uh, that ends the normal main slate. Uh, just the one Sunday night game comes down to Washington on the road against Philadelphia. Washington, three-point favorites here. Uh, you've seen some two-and-a-halves out there still. Um, 43-and-a-half is the total. Regardless of what happens with the Giants and the Cowboys, if Washington wins against Philadelphia, Washington He's the NFC East champs and will host likely Tampa Bay in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, we still don't know what's happening at the quarterback position for Washington. And it looks like through some reports today from some Eagles beat writers that the Eagles are going to be resting some people too. Um, you probably know Miles Sanders and some other contributors along the offense. So um, thoughts on this one. Yeah, I'd probably lean Washington at under three, uh, just based on like motivation. Alex Smith looks like he's going to play, and Washington's defense has been very good lately. I mean, fourth in EPA since week nine, and they've been, you know, a, a pretty talented unit. So I think that I lean Washington here, but um, I, I hate betting on bad teams, you know, especially as like favorites. Um, you know, maybe is maybe like bigger, like plus money or, uh, you know, like as underdogs, but definitely, you know, it's not my favorite here. This would probably be. The highest spread I would consider taking for Washington uh, would be like two and a half. Yeah, I'd want two and a half too. That does it for this week's episode. Like I said, Connor and I are going to be hanging around doing this through the playoffs. So for Connor, I'm Ryan. We'll see you again soon.